but instead it's the 414 Sports Podcast, and it starts right now. Welcome in to this Monday edition of the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Soul Boxer. I'm Don Wachillis. Pleased to have you with on this Monday, July 19th, coming off of one of the best weekends I think we've had in sports here in the 414. We'll get to it in just a sec. But before we do so, we want to thank Soul Boxer, our presenting sponsor, bartending and crafting bartender quality cocktails you can enjoy anywhere the brandy old-fashioned the bourbon old-fashioned the manhattan are all crafted to remain true to their supper club origins find soul boxer wherever you pick up your favorite libation so as i said just an unbelievable weekend the bucks take game five in the nba final series with a chance to win it all tuesday night here at home at the Serve forum and, and we'll get to the game in just a second here. But boy, oh boy, coming off of a huge win on the road. They always say it's not a series till you get one on the road. Well, it's now a series as the Bucks, as we said, getting that victory in Phoenix. And the Brewers, they sweep the Reds coming off of the All-Star break. So the baseball team sits seven games in front of the Cincinnati Reds right now after the weekend in first place. So a good start to the second, the proverbial second half for the Milwaukee Brewers and as only can be done in Green Bay. Reports are this weekend that Aaron Rodgers, many believe, I shouldn't even call it a report, it's just that many believe after the news that leaked out that Aaron Rodgers will be coming back. And as I said, only in Green Bay would news leak out regarding your MVP quarterback in this fashion. Now, others would, other places would have other ways of going about their business, but only in Green Bay would we now be excited that the MVP will return to the team based on this bit of information that came out. We'll get to that a little bit later. Also, a little bit later, we'll do our hashtag Terrible City segment, and that will then wrap things up on a Monday. So let's get to this Milwaukee Bucks team that is now, as we said, one game away from winning the NBA championship. You just There's a sense of euphoria around this city and around this state that we haven't felt in a while. We had it when the Packers were in the Super Bowl. We had it maybe when the Packers were taking on Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship prior to what happened after the game. But this sense of we got this, and notice how we always say we, right? We got this right now because it appears the Phoenix Suns, they're on the ropes. And if we're talking about this as a heavyweight fight, each team has had their rounds to feel each other out. Phoenix taking rounds one, 
two, three, and four. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll divvy it up that way. They take the first four rounds. Then when the Bucks come home, they get a huge game three win. But the tide, I think, will be, will be focused in on what happened in game four. A game that Phoenix had in their hands. A game they could have gotten their road victory with. And the Bucks just resiliently found a way to come away with that victory in game four. And in doing so, it seems as at least it looks now to have rocked the Phoenix Suns back under heels. So now you got to get you got them up against the ropes. It's round eight of a heavyweight fight heading into round nine, and you're going back to your corner. And your trainer's looking at you and saying, he's about to go down. You need to finish this right now. Don't give this opponent any hope. That's kind of what it feels like. That if you give Phoenix any hope in this game, especially early on, come Tuesday night, they're in the finals for a reason. Don't give them that hope. Get on the gas, get them down early, and keep them down. When we look back at game five, there's only one play, I think, right now that everybody is talking about. In San Francisco, back in the day, Joe Montana, they had the catch. We're going to call this the steal and slam because of Drew Holiday. What he did in the final seconds of game five cinched the victory then for the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's relive that moment, courtesy of Ted Davis, WTMJ, and the Milwaukee Bucks Home Network. Listen to this call. Booker driving, chicken wings again, in the lane. Holiday rips it away. 16 seconds to go to Giannis. Slam it! How about that? 122-119. It's true. That just sends chills. You, you can't get enough of listening and watching that play coming off of game five. And so it was Drew Holiday who has absolutely turned the tide in this fashion. The way he's defensively matching up against Chris Paul. I think the Bucks have resided. Devin Booker's just going to get his points. Let Devin Booker go for 36, 38, 40. It's okay. Because when Devin Booker is active in the offense, when they're feeding Devin Booker the ball, and only Devin Booker, if you watch the tape, if you rewatch the game, the other four on the floor stand still. And it was a gripe, I think, that many Bucks fans had at points with Milwaukee when Giannis would have the ball at the top of the key that the other four would clear out and basically become spectators, stand and watch. The same thing now has flipped, and it has been the demise, at least in the last couple of games, for Phoenix in that the other four now stand around and watch. Get Booker on the wing, get Booker at the elbow, give him the ball, his mid-range jumper is spectacular. But in the course of that, the other four stand still. So 
if defensively you can match up well or you throw another defender at him while he's shooting to try and alter that shot. And if you do, you rarely have a Phoenix Sun standing in rebounding range. So when you look at the final stats, you see such a disparity all the time with the rebounding numbers because Phoenix suddenly has gone motionless. They're standing still. And so if you can continue to eliminate Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton is good. DeAndre Ayton will be a really, really good player in this league. But he's not there yet when you match him up with Giannis. He can't defend Giannis, and Giannis can definitely overtake this young man. As of right now, again, DeAndre Ayton, three, four, five years, if his progression continues the way it has over the last year or two since jumping out of college after his freshman year, DeAndre Ayton will be a force down in the paint much like Giannis is now, but he's not there yet. So Ayton will get a few points. Fine. If you eliminate Chris Paul the way Drew Holiday has and how important he's been to this Milwaukee Bucks team because of what he's done defensively. Now, granted, he and Middleton also started hitting shots, and I want to get to that in just a second, but what he's done defensively has been nothing short of remarkable. Now, I made a comment after the game on social media in which I I had a laugh because if you remember about a week or two ago, I don't remember what the exact date was, Skip Bayless from Fox Sports made a comment that the Bucks were better without Giannis, and of course that's completely laughable. In doing so, he makes the comment coming off of the Eastern Conference Finals because of Giannis's injury. The Bucks played really well to close out the Atlanta Hawks. Then you watch the second quarter in Game Five, in which Giannis is taking a break down 16, and the other guys got their rhythm. And once they got their rhythm, suddenly the Bucks became a complete team again offensively. Giannis re-enters the game, and they don't skip a beat. To me, there's two things happening there. For whatever reason, when Giannis is out, Middleton, Holiday, Connaughton, you go right down the list. I don't know if they relax. I don't know if they understand they've got to move the ball a little bit more because Giannis is out and they find their shot and they get comfortable. Whatever that is, it works. And give the former two-time MVP a ton of credit. Now, I don't think many people have gone this direction in watching what took place in that second quarter. When Giannis re-enters the game, He's doing things slightly different. He's distributing more. He's not necessarily becoming the focal point of the offense. Giannis has tweaked his game since game three. I'd say slightly in game two, but in game two in the second half when Giannis went off, he had to. The other guys just weren't hitting shots. He had to go off. But in game three and in game four, I think what we're seeing is some mistakingly thinking that there's something wrong with Giannis when in essence he's 
molding his game more to what the others are doing. And in doing so, you saw when he re-entered the game, you didn't see this depreciation of offensive output. What you saw was a continuation of what had started in that second quarter. And then it manifested itself to the third quarter and then into the fourth quarter. Now, when it got down to stretch in the fourth quarter, it got a little head-scratching because I think the Bucks obviously trying to run some clock. And in doing so, they got out of their rhythm. And when they got out of their rhythm, Phoenix came roaring right back. And then you got the steal and slam, as I'm calling it, between Drew Holiday and Giannis. Giannis misses the free throw, but what does he do? He gets in the mix and back taps it. Middleton, Chris Cash Money gets it. He goes to the line. He hits one of two, and that's all he had to hit. He needed that one shot to get it up by four. Then once they were up by four, that was it. That was it. And we're headed to game six at home with a chance to become an NBA champion here in the city of Milwaukee. Good time. Good time to be a sports fan here in the 414. The Bucks right now, the early line has them favored by five. And hopefully, on a side note before we uh, move on to the Milwaukee Brewers, hopefully we can get Brandon Jennings in the house. Now, for anybody listening outside of Milwaukee or maybe who's a bit younger who's joining us, Brandon Jennings, former first-round pick of the Bucks, back in the day, getting ready to take on the Miami Heat as the Bucks are in the playoffs, wasn't really phased necessarily by LeBron James and said, Bucks will win in six. And then he comes back as a reserve a couple of years ago and basically reiterated what he said when the Bucks were in the playoffs, the Bucks in six. So that's become kind of the mantra, the rallying cry with the Milwaukee Bucks. So I know there's been some things said nationally, not necessarily always understanding, but we got to get Brandon Jennings in the house on Tuesday night and make sure that he is seen on the scoreboard and at home, and hopefully it will help increase the volume. Giannis on social media talking about he needs the fan base to be loud. The fan base has been loud, but hopefully they'll be even louder because this place is bursting at the seams, hoping for an NBA championship. So we'll preview that just a little bit more tomorrow, as tomorrow night, again, Game six, Bucks Suns, with the Bucks having an unbelievable opportunity to close things out and become NBA champions. All right, a couple other things on the docket for today. Next up, Milwaukee Brewers in first place after a sweep of the Cincinnati Reds. We'll talk about it in just a moment. <laughs> All right, let's talk about those first place Milwaukee Brewers after sweeping the Cincinnati Reds on Sunday. Corbin Burns, man, oh man, oh man, right back to all star form as he goes the distance. They win 8 nothing. 
And it's it's just one of those times, as I said before, that unfortunately for the Brewers, they're going to get caught in this paradox here. Right now, the focus being on the Milwaukee Bucks, and understandably so, as we just spent the vast majority of the podcast talking about them. And then as soon as the Bucks series is over, regardless of how it turns out, and we sure hope it's a NBA title, the shift then will move to training camp because in this state, football rules. And maybe it's a blessing for the Milwaukee Brewers. That's the way I think I want to look at it in the fact that they're not garnering as much of the sporting eye as they normally would at this point. And maybe that will just have them continually being relaxed and playing the way they are. And hopefully by the time we get to the end of August and September, we're sitting in the same spot as we get ready for the playoffs. It just seems as if the Brewers will be on the back burner for the better part of the sporting summer just because of what I alluded to. And yet they're playing unbelievable ball, again, led by the pitching. And I don't know the last time, and I've said this before on our podcast when we talk about the Brewers, I can't remember the last time pitching has had the forefront that it has with regards to this team. Usually we're talking about their hitting prowess and how they're outscoring teams, Well, which is so obvious, right, when they're winning a game, but how they're outscoring and winning games on the offensive side. And even though an 8 nothing win is nothing to roll your eyes at, obviously, people are hitting the ball, but it's the pitching again that has been so dominant so far this season that if that continues, look out, here we go. Now, coming home, the Brewers are going to take on the Kansas City Royals in a two-game set, and credit to the Milwaukee Brewers and credit to Major League Baseball, the Kansas City Royals, all of the different elements that you have to go through in order to do this. But the start time on Tuesday has been moved to 3 o'clock, 3.05, I think, to be specific. So they're moving the start time up so it doesn't interfere with Game 6 of the NBA Finals. That's not an easy task. That's not an easy task at the high school level to switch a time, but the fact that the Brewers were able to do so to all of the entities involved, just a really, really smart move on their part. So as we said, the Brewers in first place after a three-game sweep against the Cincinnati Reds, seven games up now on the Reds, who sit in second place in the NL Central. And at some point, we'll see how the week plays out. We've got to talk about Willie Adamas and the acquisition of him and what it's meant not only to the Brewers but to his career personally. It's been a marriage almost between these two entities that has worked out rather well. Adamas playing unbelievable baseball and that spark that he's given the Milwaukee Brewers, I think not only on the field but in the clubhouse, that has been a really, really nice addition to this Milwaukee Brewers staff. So hopefully we have a little bit of time again as things play out here with the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll look at what Willie Adamas has meant in that acquisition to this team. We'll take one more quick break and then we'll talk about 
Aaron Rodgers and his potential return to the Green Bay Packers has only can be reported in our fair state. We'll get to it in just a sec. Let's get into some Green Bay Packer talk here as we begin to close out today's edition of the 414 Sports Podcast. And this is only something that can happen with not only the Green Bay Packers, but in our fair state. I don't know if this happens in a New York and Los Angeles or Las Vegas. Name a large metropolitan area. It may get some traction, I don't know. But yesterday's social media kind of blew up in and around Aaron Rodgers when, I'll just read it verbatim. Here's what was posted, which has Packer fans almost giddy right now, believing that A-Rodge is on his way back. The tweet reads this. My girlfriend is a supervisor in Brown County who works for a home cleaning service. Guess whose house was on the deep clean early next week? They've cleaned his house for 10-plus years, you guessed it, Aaron Rodgers. And so once that got posted, the fact that a cleaning service has been hired once again to clean Aaron Rodgers' home, Wisconsin fans rejoiced in believing that Aaron Rodgers will be back at the start of training camp. So again, we'll have to wait and see. A-Rod has not said anything about whether he's returning or not, but at least according to that tweet, which, again, got a ton of traction. Uh, Aaron Rodgers' home is being cleaned, so therefore it means Rodgers is coming back. Wouldn't it be ironic if it was being cleaned because he's going to sell it? I don't know. That's I, I can't be negative coming off of that Game 5 win uh, that, that happened over the weekend with the Bucs. So there's all kinds of optimism now that the former MVP – for the Green Bay Packers will be back in the fold once training camp starts. And with that, starting Wednesday, we'll spend some more time tomorrow talking about the NBA playoffs and the finale that will hopefully take place tomorrow night at the Pfizer Forum. But starting on Wednesday, we're going to make our round, our way around, excuse me, the NFL and begin talking about the various teams as training camp is just around the corner. So we'll have some more NFL talk as time moves forward here, and we'll start that up on Wednesday. Before we get out of here today, let's do one more edition of Hashtag Terrible City. All right, let's wrap things up here once again with our hashtag Terrible City segment. And again, we we here at the 414 have decided to look at the comments made by ESPN's first take in talking about the teams that were left in the NBA Finals and the reference being Milwaukee being a terrible city. So again, we've talked about the positive nature of that comment because if you look down at the Deer District, it's really united people and and that was something that needed to happen not only in our city but in a lot of cities around the country but in today's edition of hashtag terrible city let's look at it this way the Bucks are one game away from becoming NBA champions 
The Brewers are seven games above the Cincinnati Reds, who are chasing them in the NL Central. Now, the National League this year is loaded, but I don't know if the Dodgers, the Padres, or any other team in the NL want to face the top three rotational starting pitchers if everybody stays healthy that the Milwaukee Brewers have. And finally, it is hopeful more now than it was a while ago that Aaron Rodgers will be returning to the Packers. And the Packers, again, on paper, have one of those teams that could really go deep into playoffs and potentially make a Super Bowl run. So for sports fans here in the 414 and hashtag Terrible City, life is pretty good right now, so let's enjoy it. That'll do it for the Monday edition of our podcast. Appreciate you jumping on whatever platform you find us on and checking us out. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you wouldn't mind, please. Have yourself a great Monday. We'll see you tomorrow. And our thanks, as always, to Soul Boxer being our presenting sponsor before we get up out of here. Have a great Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. (laughs) 